Have you ever heard the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus? The old school hymn. It's a great song. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with old school hymns. Well, some of those hymns, there's a few things wrong with them, but most of them, they're really good. And I still like them. And I like bands that, that kind of redo some of those old hymns. Um, I, I like, uh, I like metal. I'm going I'm to I'm come out with it. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest. I like, I like Christian metal a lot. And, uh, I, I like one band called Wolves at the Gate and, and they redo some old school hymns. And I just think they do such a great job. And I've noticed that the anointing does not diminish <laughs> on a song just because it's done in a metal style. Um, you know, the anointing is not limited to a genre or a style. But anyway, the reason why I said that is this, you know, those old hymns like I Have Decided to Follow Jesus are great to sing. But, you know, to truly follow Jesus, it, it, it doesn't end at the altar of salvation. It starts there. And, you know, there are a lot of Christians who took the first step to follow Jesus and they haven't taken another step since then. And I want to talk to you today about what it means to truly follow Jesus. Hey there, my name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you're having a marvelous day. Um, man, I'm, I'm excited uh, about the podcast that I'm about to do. Um, it's just something that's been stirring in my heart for a while. And, uh, you know, beyond, even before I ever started the No Content Podcast, this is something that is so relevant and um, has been a theme throughout my walk with the Lord. And so I'm excited to share this with you today, and I'm believing that the Lord's going to speak to you. I feel like there's some things that God really wants to get out in this podcast. And you know, uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll plan podcasts out for months in advance, just because I've got so much on my heart, and I, I like to do that. I'm a planner. I like for things to be organized. But at the same time, I've noticed that more often than not, God will change my plans, and you know, uh, I'll have to uh, kind of defer several podcasts way into the future just to make room for what's in my heart right now. And this is one of those podcasts that, you know, I feel like God really put on my heart. And uh, anyway, today's podcast, uh, the title of it is simply, Follow Me. And these are words that Jesus spoke to each one of his disciples, follow me. And I want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus. But before I do that, I'm, I'm going to go back to uh, Genesis. We're going to go back to go back to season one of the Bible, you know, diversity day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to go back to season one of the Bible. And back in Genesis, in chapter 24, um, it's talking about Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca is uh, Isaac's wife. And, and, you know, you've heard of some, some blind dates before. Man, this was some kind of blind date. <laughs> Essentially, um, Abraham sends his servant and, and to go get a bride for Isaac. And he, he said, I don't want you to, to find a, a woman here in Canaan. I want you to go back to the land of my fathers and, and find a wife for him there. And so uh, it says, now Abraham was 
old and well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife from my son Isaac. Um, so putting his hand under his thigh, I guess that was something that they did back then. It was a sign of uh, making a covenant or making an oath or something. Um, it's not something I would feel comfortable doing today. Um, but then again, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that I would not feel comfortable doing today. Anyway, it says this, And the servant said to Abraham, Perhaps the woman, watch this, will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which he came? And Abraham said, No, don't do that. Whatever you do, don't take my son back there. He belongs here. This is where he is. He's supposed to be here. So skipping ahead, this is a very long chapter. In verse 54, Eventually, essentially, um, this servant goes and, and he asks the Lord, he's like, Lord, um, help me to find this woman and, and let it be that she um, does this and does that and offers water to my camels so I'll know it's her. And this is before anybody had the indwelling Holy Spirit to lead them. But anyway, so he, he meets this girl and, and he's, you know, she's exactly the description of what he asked the Lord. And he's like, oh, this must be the girl. And Upon further investigation, he finds out that the family's related to Abraham's family, and so everything works out great. And yes, this was back when cousins still married each other, you know, outside of living in Arkansas. Sorry, can't I can't not make that joke. Um, so <laughs> he he's he's happy because he found Rebecca, and um, and it says in verse fifty four, and he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten. After that, she may go. And he said to them, Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away, so that I may go to my master. So they said, Well, we'll call the young woman and ask her personally. And then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? So essentially, they asked her, Will you follow him? Will you follow? And watch this. Rebecca said, I will go. God essentially came to Rebecca and said, Follow me. <laughs> and Rebecca said, Yes. She didn't question it. She didn't, you know, have to pray about it for two weeks. <laughs> you know, she said, Yes. Now, I'm not saying that you should do this today in that same way, rightly divide what I'm saying here. But the point is, is that God called her and she responded. She said yes. She didn't delay. She didn't put it off. She said yes when God called her to go, to follow him. And you know, uh, over in 1 Kings 19, verse 19 through 21, we see a similar scenario. And I'm just laying a foundation here for what I'm talking about. Um, it's talking about Elijah and Elisha. And so Elijah had been doing some stuff, you know, with Ahab and, um, you know, that whole drought was going on and all that. And right in the middle of that, it says he departed from where he was and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th, it says. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please take, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. 
And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. You know, Elisha said, well, what have I done to you? In other words, he's saying, um, that's not on me. If you feel like you need to go back and talk to your family, that's between you and God. He's like, I just did what God told me to do. You don't have to explain yourself to me. Uh, if you feel like you need to go back and see your family first, that's between you and God. That's what Elijah's saying here. He's like, what have I done to you? Don't, don't put this on me. But watch this. After he had done that, it says he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. He followed him. So we're talking about following Jesus, what it means to truly follow Jesus. How do we respond when Jesus says, follow me? Now let's go on over to the New Testament and uh, to Matthew 4 in verse 18. I know we're reading some scripture in this podcast because there's so much scripture on this to read. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. It says, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, and mending their nets. He says, he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So you see that with Peter and John and James and Andrew, they were in the middle of their life. <laughs> they were doing their work. They were with their family. They were, they were busy. They were, they were, you know, they had stuff going on. And Jesus came and he interrupted all of it. He interrupted their job. He interrupted their family. And he said, follow me. Now, I don't believe Jesus is in the family separating business. Um, I don't believe the result of following Jesus is a, is a dysfunctional home. But this was an opportunity for a season to follow him that they had to be willing to walk away from some things for a season. You know, Jesus did not say what God has joined, let no man separate, and then turn around and separate what God had joined. You understand with Peter and his wife or any of the other disciples and their wives? No. Um you know, first of all, Israel is a pretty small, you know, area, <laughs> and, and, and you can't, you know, be that far away from anybody if you're just staying in Israel. So they followed Jesus for a season. It doesn't mean that they neglected their families. It doesn't mean they neglected their spouses. No, Jesus took care of them. I mean, he provided more finances for Peter than he'd probably ever seen right before he asked them to follow him. What do you think part of that went to? Taking care of the family. But there's, there are times that Jesus will call on you to leave things, to, to walk away from some things, to be willing to get out of your comfort zone, to be willing to leave your net that you're used to. Like it said, they left their net. To be willing to step away from what you're comfortable with, to follow him, because there's a burning in your heart to follow Jesus. But it's up to you whether or not you're going to respond to that call when it comes. In John chapter 1, verse 43, it says, The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. 
you see this theme of Jesus saying over and over again, follow me. Luke 5, verse 27 through 28, it's what we were just talking about. You know, the, the Jesus brought in all the fish for Simon Peter, and then he told him to follow him. And right after that, he goes up to Matthew, or Levi is his other name, the tax collector. And he said to him, follow me. So Levi left all, he rose up, and he followed Jesus. He followed him when he called on him. And, and you know, um, I know a little bit about this. I know a little bit about this. Um, I'm going to keep reading some scripture in a minute, but I'll go ahead and talk about this. This happened to me um, back in 2015, about six years ago. I was living in my hometown, and, you know, I was serving at my church, and I had a good job, and I was enrolled in college, and had a lot of good things going on, you know, had family up here, had friends, you know, I was comfortable, I, you know, and I'm serving God, you know, I'm, I'm running cameras at church, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm seeking the kingdom, you know, so who needs to change that, right? But then something happened, and an opportunity came up to go be an intern with a ministry that I really respected and loved. And there's somebody who, every time I heard their messages or anything, I just, something came alive on the inside of me. And I just knew I was connected to them in some way, and I didn't understand how. But I just knew, man, I feel so drawn to this ministry. And then this opportunity came up to me to uh, apply for this internship. And, man, I, I was like, well, no, I mean, my heart's so excited by the thought of that, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm involved in college, and I'm serving at church, and they need me at my job, and I really can't leave my family to do that. So no, I'm not going to do that. I just need to finish school is what I need to do. There's a lot of people saying that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't finish school, but if Jesus is calling you, uh, and, and it's either that or follow Jesus, then you need to follow Jesus. But this is my story, though. Someone that I, I know and respect um, came up to me in church, and uh, they said, hey, did you hear about that internship? I was like, I did. And they were like, well, what, what did you think about it? I was like, well, it sounds like a really good opportunity for whoever's going to do it. And they said, okay, well, what about you? Do you have it on your heart to go? And, and I, I, I was like, well, um, I really am excited by the idea of going. But, you know, I've just got so much here I got to do. I've got to finish school. And now listen, I'll say this. I'm not being led by another person. I've already got something in my heart about this, but I'm letting outward things quench it. So this is not an example of somebody leading me, a person leading me or taking the place of the Holy Spirit. This is God using somebody to help me get out of my head and listen to my heart. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. And uh, they were just talking to me about it, and they started telling me a story about their son and how, you know, he quit school to serve God and to be in ministry. And not that everybody's supposed to do that. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're, you may not even be called to ministry. That's not, that's not what this is about. I'm just talking about my life. But anyway, finally, at the end of that conversation, I said, well, I'll, I'll pray about it. Um, the truth is I really wanted to do it. And I was super excited about the idea of doing it, but I was so in my head about it. So I told them I'd pray about it. And it was right before a service started at church. 
I didn't get 15 minutes into that church service before I knew that I was supposed to do that. I knew I was supposed to move down to Texas and be a part of this internship. I knew it. I didn't even make it 15 minutes into worship. And, you know, what came up to my heart is what we're going to talk about here in a little bit about the rich young ruler. And I felt like the Lord brought this up to my heart and said, Ben, the rich young ruler had all these connections, all these attachments, all these things that was holding him back from the greatest opportunity of his life, and he missed out on it because he couldn't let go of his attachments. And I felt like the Lord said, don't be the rich young ruler. Don't, don't be hindered from following me by natural attachments. And uh, so I prayed about it for another two weeks just to be sure. What I didn't know is that the people that were hosting this internship, they had prayed, and I was one of six people that they had gotten on their heart that they wanted to come, but they didn't say a word to me about it. They didn't tell me, oh, God told us you're supposed to be at our internship. No, that wouldn't have been right. That would have, that would have confused me because then I would be led by a person, not by the Holy Spirit. No, I had to hear from God for myself. But so long story short, I went down to Texas. I moved down there. Um, I was driving a, a Ford Explorer <laughs> that the speedometer didn't work, and uh, I had about $60 to my name. And I had to trust God to go down there and to be down there, and it was not always easy. Uh, there were some challenges, but God always provided. But I'll tell you what, though, I would not trade that time for anything. I would not trade the time I spent there, the things I learned in that season, for anything, because I knew that I was following Jesus. And, you know, uh, I lived in Texas for four years, and then the time came where you know, uh, that season had ended, and, and I knew that God was calling me away somewhere else. And, and, and I had even said verbally, I'll never move back to my home, hometown. I'm done with that. I don't want to ever move back there. Maybe I'll go over here. I'm going to go do this thing or be a part of this thing, but I won't move back there. Well, guess where God called me to move back to? My hometown. You know, you never want to be unwilling, <laughs> because that's usually the one thing that God will lead you to do. Because the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But, you know, it's kind of like in the Old Testament, you know, um, the, the Israelites in the wilderness, uh, God led them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And, you know, whenever the, the, the cloud rested, they rested. And when it moved, they moved, day or night. And if it was night, the pillar of fire either rested or it moved. And if it rested, they rested. If it moved, they moved. Why? Because if they wanted to have shade in the heat, they had to move with God. If they wanted to have warmth and light at night, they had to be around God. They had to be with God. And, you know, that's true for us too. Um, you know, you can stay where you're at. You can, you can stay where it's comfortable. Or you can leave where it's uncomfortable. Or you can leave what you're bored of. Whether either one, if you either stay behind when he's moving or whether you start moving when he's resting, you're going to get away from the peace and the protection of God's Spirit. But if you want to be protected and kept at peace with God's Spirit, you have, to, you have to be where He is. Do you understand that? You have to follow Him. You have to rest when He's resting, and you have to move when He's moving. You know, the Lord said this to me recently. He said, Ben, one of the ways you'll always know if you're not in my perfect will is if you don't have perfect peace. You know, in Isaiah, I believe it's 23, he said, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Uh, the, the literal translation of that is peace, peace. I refer to it as 120% peace. That's peace and peace to spare. 
that's more than enough peace. That's absolute peace. And if I don't have complete peace, somewhere or another, I must have gotten out of his will a little bit. Because if I'm in his will, there's peace. That cloud is there. That pillar of fire is there. But we have to do what David talked about in Psalm 63, and we have to let our soul follow hard after him, follow close behind him. And he always calls us to follow him. The question is, is he resting or is he moving? If he's resting, then stay where you are. Be a part of where you are. Me and Matt Fay just did a, a podcast called Stick and Stay. It's bound to pay. And this is no way taking away from that. But if he's moving on, you're either moving with him or you're getting away from him. Which one are you? How do you respond when Jesus says, follow me? In Matthew 8, chapter, I'm sorry, verse 18 it says, and when Jesus saw a great multitude about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. And then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He's got no roots. He's got no established home. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, I've heard this preached a couple different ways, but um, what he was referring to here is not leaving your parents' corpse to rot, <laughs> excuse my, you know, directness there, but what he's saying is, you know, he was saying, let me bury my father, let me stay with him for a few more years until he dies. That's the, the language there. And Jesus said, if you wait until your father dies, you'll never follow me. And there are some things you just got to move on. <clears throat> but anyway, in Luke 19, I'm sorry, Luke 9, 23, and then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You see this theme, follow me, follow me, follow me. But you know, there will always be things that will keep you from following Jesus if you let them. There will always be things that keep you back from following the burning in your heart to follow God's path for your life to follow Jesus. And listen, if you've gotten bored and you've, you've gotten complacent and you've lost your passion, you may still be in the right place, but somewhere you've gotten off because that pillar of fire is still burning. Or why aren't you close to it anymore? It may, you may be at the right church, but somewhere you've gotten off because if you stick with that pillar of fire, you'll be on fire. You'll be passionate. You'll be, you'll, you won't be lukewarm unless you get away from the fire. You understand that? One time God said to me, Ben, if you want to stay on fire, you need to stay around the fire. And the same is true with that pillar of cloud, that shade, that protection, that peace. If you've gotten away from peace, it means somewhere you've gotten away from him. Either, either you've walked away from where he's resting or you stayed where he's moving on from. You understand that? If you follow him, you'll have peace and you'll have passion. But the question is, are you following him? And here's an example of what I was talking about earlier, and this is an example of this. Luke 18, verse 18, it says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Don't lie. Honor your father and your mother. He said, All these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you lack yet one thing. 
one thing you lack. You know, Jesus, he's not out to, to nitpick you and criticize everything in your life and, and, and to, to beat you over the head about all the mistakes you're making. If you go to God and say, God, what should I do? He'll give you one thing at a time. And, you know, you don't have to stress out about being perfect. Um, you should do what you know to do. Don't misunderstand me. But uh, he said one thing you lack. He said, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. You know, <laughs> um, I-, I warned you, No Contempt podcast listeners, before that I had graduated from Lord of the Rings movie parallels to The Hobbit um, movie parallels. And, and, and one specific one comes to mind in thinking about this rich young ruler in this passage. And that is uh, Bilbo Baggins in the first uh, installment of the Hobbit trilogy, An Unexpected Journey. Uh, Bilbo, he's, he's at home. He's comfortable. You know, he's in the Shire. He's got a, he's got a stockpile in his pantry, and, and he's living life comfortable. You know, everything's good. Nobody's disturbing him. He's eating his little dinners at night, and uh, he's reading his books. He's smoking his pipe, and all is well and right in the world, as Pastor William Givens often says. If you don't know who that is, you know, it's not my fault. But one day Gandalf comes to his door and invites him on an adventure. And Bilbo's like, I'm good. I don't need any adventures today. But uh, Gandalf doesn't give up so easily. And next thing he knows is he has, you know, what, 13 dwarves show up at his house and, and they raid his pantry and spend the night and all this stuff and just kind of turn his whole little comfortable life upside down. And then he gets invited on this adventure to go help the, 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 the dwarves reclaim their homeland, Erebor. The Lonely Mountain right? And, and Bilbo's not having it. He's like, nope, I'm not the guy for this. I'm not, I'm not right for this. I, 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 no, this isn't, this isn't for me. But I love how, you know, they leave the next morning and, and he wakes up and one minute he's relieved and he's like, finally they're gone. But then you see him thinking and he's considering and something's stirring on the inside of him, something's stirring on the inside of him. And next thing you know, he's running after that company. Why? Because once you get a taste of adventure, it's hard to go back. Once you get a, a hankering for adventure, it's hard to go back. And so he ends up going on this adventure, and that's why we have the Hobbit trilogy, of course. But, you know, something that, that, that the, one of the main characters in the movie, Thorin, the, the main dwarf in the movie, said stuck out to me. And he was talking about how they had called all these dwarves to help them on this quest, and only 13 of them showed up. Interesting number almost the same. It's almost sounds like 12 disciples. It's very close. But these are the only ones that responded. And, and he said this, and he said, you know, I don't care about numbers. He said, I would take these dwarves over anyone else because when I called, they came. Oh, come on. Isn't that good? He said, when I called them, they came. He said, I'll take loyalty over numbers or talent or skill any day. And you know, God is the same way. Um, he, he preached a message in John 6 that offended all kinds of people. And he looked at his 12 disciples and he said, are you guys going to leave too? And they said, where, where would we go? In other words, they were loyal. They, they were committed. And those are the kind of people that Jesus 
will take over the most skilled, the most talented, the most religious, the people who have all the degrees, the people who went to Bible school, the people who is a part of this and a part of that. That's not what Jesus is interested in. What he's interested in is when he calls, will you answer? You know, Matthew was a tax collector, but when he called him, he answered. You know, Peter was a fisherman. You know, he wasn't a reputable person, but when he called, he answered. He followed Jesus when Jesus called him. And, and, and you know, um, God has an adventure for each one of our lives. We're not supposed to just drudge through life doing the same thing over and over and over again with no passion. Now, God will call you to be faithful and, and, to, and to stay put somewhere and to, and to put down roots. But, you know, if your Christian life is not exciting— <laughs> If there's no risk in it, if there's no, if there's no boldness or courage, I, I would second, I would second guess whether or not you're still following him. Because, like I said, if you're close to him, there's fire and there's passion. If you're close to the pillar of fire, you'll be on fire. And if you've, if you, you're not at peace anymore. If you're not at complete, perfect peace in your heart, somewhere along the line, maybe, maybe you drifted away from that cloud, or maybe that cloud is moving and you're still staying. It could be one way or the other, but are you with the pillar? Are you with the cloud? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Are you following Jesus? And you know, uh, in the closing moments of this podcast, I don't mean for this to be a super long podcast today. I want to say this uh, in John 21, verse 15 through 19, it says, so when they had eaten breakfast, this is after Peter denied Jesus three times. And, um, he was under condemnation. And it says that they were eating breakfast, and Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, he wasn't saying, do you love me more than they love me? He was saying, do you love me more than you love them? In other words, am I your first love? You understand? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, well, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, well, tend my sheep. Again, he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry, your, carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And watch this. And when he had spoken this, he said to him again, Peter, follow me. And what the Lord said to my heart is, you know, Jesus had already said to Peter back there in Luke 5, follow me. But now we're all the way up in John 21, and we're past the, the death and the resurrection. And Jesus is saying again to Peter, follow me. And this is what I believe the Lord put in my heart. For everybody who's listening to this, I believe this is a word from the Lord. There are some people, you once followed him. And, you know, you followed him for a while, um, but then you stopped following him. And you started doing your own thing, or you got caught up in the affairs of life, and you haven't been following him. And what he's saying is, I said, follow me once, and now again I am saying, follow me. Come back to the pillar of fire. Come back to the cloud of peace. Come back to the cloud of my protection. 
You've had some problems. You've had some issues. But he's saying, come back. Start following me again. There are some people who said no the first time and have been saying no for years. And he is saying again to you, follow me. He said it to you once. He said it to you a thousand times. And you said no a thousand times. And now he's saying again, follow me. And you know, what I believe the Lord is saying in this is, it's not too late. I'm still giving the invitation, follow me. And here's the last thing I want to say about this. Just like he said, follow me the first time to Peter, and then again he said it in John 21, there are some of you listening that he said, follow me years ago, and you said yes, and you responded, and you've been following him ever since and you've been obeying him, you've been faithful, you've been doing what he tells you to do, and he's pleased with you because of that. But watch this, he's also not done saying it. And there are some people that you followed him once, and now again he's saying, there's a follow me season coming. Don't misunderstand me, you're following him right now, but there are some things that he's going to say to you again, follow me. It may have been a timing thing, it may have been a timing issue, maybe Maybe in this season it wasn't right. Maybe he was saying to stick and stay. It's bound to pay. But that doesn't mean there's not a season coming when he will again tell you to step out and follow him again. So the point of this podcast is, how do you respond when Jesus says, follow me? If you've lost your passion, if you're not on fire the way you used to be, come back to the pillar of fire. He hasn't left you, but maybe you've left him. Maybe he's moving and you're staying. Maybe he's staying and you're moving. And, and if you're not at perfect peace, if, if things are heavy, if things are confusing, if things are dark, somewhere along the line, either you left peace or peace moved on and you didn't leave with it. You understand what I'm saying? Get your passion back, get your fire back, and get your peace back. And when Jesus says, follow me, don't put it off. Don't make excuses. Just say like Rebecca, say like Elijah, say like Peter, say like Philip, say like Matthew. Yes, Lord, I will follow you. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I'm believing that this podcast is ministering to the listeners the things that they need to hear. I have no agenda in this. I have nothing I'm trying to communicate other than just the word of the Lord, what I believe it is today. And I'm praying that this ministers to you and blesses you. I hope you have a uh, I hope you have a great wonderful rest of your day. Excuse me, um, I had a hard time getting that out of out of my tongue, out of my lips. Um, yes, this is the No Content Podcast. Benjamin Pace is the name. I will talk to you the next time you click play. Bye bye. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks. <laughs>